Welcome to Marketing Tips for Translators for a successful freelance career and lifestyle with your host, Tess Witte. Welcome to Marketing Tips for Translators, the podcast for freelancers and in particular translators and interpreters, featuring interviews and tips on how to market your translation services and have a successful freelance business. In my marketing cookbook for translators, I talk about the basic marketing tools, which are the resume and cover letter. In one of my first interviews, I discussed resumes for translators with Marta Stelmaschak. In this episode, we will be discussing cover letters for translators, what should be in it, what not to do, how to send them, and etc., I have the pleasure of welcoming an English into Russian freelance translator who's also presented on this topic to other translators. So she's also doing trainings online. She is currently studying for a master's degree in marketing. Um, So we have that in common too. Welcome to the podcast, Anastasia. Uh, Hello, Tess. Thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast. to your podcast and uh, for your invitation to the interview. This is a great pleasure for me. And I'm sure that uh, uh, your listeners will find some useful tips today. I, mean, I will do my best uh, to provide some pieces of very useful information which can be used at once. And so I hope it will be really interesting today. I'm sure it will be. How long have you been studying for your master's degree? Uh, I have just started, actually, and uh, just several months have passed after I started my uh, master's degree in marketing. Actually, it is uh, executive MBA in marketing technologies, and I have started applying uh, the principles I have learned already. So uh, I think it really works good already. Uh, Mm -hmm. I already see some positive results, and I would say... um, Due to the fact that this is a live education, not online education, but I attend some groups three times a week and spend about four hours um, on lectures and um, some training courses, uh, the environment of other business people and other uh, entrepreneurs really works wonders, I would say. So I already apply principles common in other spheres of business, not only in translation. And it's a great chance to compare uh, translation business with other um, marketing spheres, um, trade, finances, etc. I'm sure. So you're a busy lady. What? Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your career in translation. You do study to your master's degree. How long have you translated and mm-hmm. and... Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes, sure. I have been a translator for five years because I graduated, I uh, got my bachelor's degree five years ago, and my mm-hmm. translation experience is five years, but I have been running my translation business as a freelance translator for two years. Uh, before that, I worked uh, as an in-house translator in a translation company, and this was also a great experience for me because I learned um, lots of... Uh, um, just uh, not only tips, but I got to know how the translation industry works uh, and other 
very useful information. I learned uh, how to be a good proofreader and not only to translate but also to proofread and to be a team leader of um, several translators. So uh, I also became a team leader of a group consisting of seven translators. So this was a great experience too because it helps me now. Great. Mm -hmm. So if you could choose now, I guess you have already chosen. I don't know. Yes. Um, what do you prefer, working in-house or as a freelancer? Uh, of course, I have made uh, my choice. I decided to work as a freelance translator and develop my translation business uh, because mm -hmm. it gives me more freedom. Besides, I combine my maternity leave and uh, working as a translator now. So I have a baby, and so this is a great chance to combine my career, not forget uh, my translation skills, not uh, just uh, to continue my training. So this is a great opportunity for mothers of uh, kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I uh, became a freelancer yes. when I had little kids. How old is your baby? Uh, two years old. And it's a boy or a girl? Boy. Boy. This is a boy. Okay. Okay. My boy was two years old when we moved to the United States from Sweden. Oh, great. <laughs> and I was pregnant with the second one. Oh. My daughter. Okay, but let's move over to um, cover letters and email marketing. How Do you have any tips on improving our email marketing in general? Yes, uh, of course. Uh, when we speak in general terms, I would say uh, the first thing which comes to my mind is to be reader-focused in every email we write to our customers, which means that we should not be self-centered in our emails. We should focus, first of all, on the readers, and we should mm -hmm. emphasize it by different means. For example, even in using our pronouns, um, not I, not uh, to concentrate on using I, my, speaking about my experience, my skills, but you should focus on speaking about the needs of our customers, even when we uh, speak with our current customers, not uh, potential clients. Uh, for example, you may see the difference in uh, when expressing even quite identical ideas. Uh, for example, you may ask uh, about the difference in the time zone or, um, um, in different ways. The first way, uh, please let me know your time zone so that it is more convenient for me uh, uh, to work with you. So here we focus on ourselves, on our convenience. Mm -hmm. and last, mm -hmm. and, uh, the second uh, sample, please let me know your time zone uh, so that uh, you receive translations from me at the time convenient for you and which works mm -hmm. best for your business. So mm -hmm. here we may see that this focus shifts to the customer and this plays a great role in our communication. So this is mm -hmm. one of the tips I use. Mm. I don't know how many emails I receive daily uh, from translators mm -hmm. and they start with, Dear Sir, Madam, and then it's, yes. I have and I have done this yes. and I yes. am doing this. But as soon as I see, dear sir, madam, I delete it. Yes. Because they haven't even taken um, time to... I have a lot of information about my business online. They haven't even taken time to look that up. So. Yes. Yes, sure. So, so, how, um, so now we're, I'm going to contact a potential client um, by email. Mm -hmm. 
how do you, how should we communicate then? You, I know you said we should focus on them, but do you have any other tips on how to win more projects? Yes, sure. So I think that first of all, uh, translators should understand that our business communication um, is a little bit different from our uh, professional communication, from our uh, from the language we use in our translations. So I know that uh, being language professionals and being language specialists, many translators think that their business communication skills are also very good because they translate mm. in a very precise and uh, good manner. They make high-quality uh, high translations. But uh, I have seen and I have noticed uh, really a puzzling paradox that even people who translate in a great manner um, may have some communication mistakes and they do not know how to uh, position themselves on the market and how to mm -hmm. communicate with potential customers. So I have studied and learned... Um, Lots of, uh, have read lots of books on business communication and I have come to understanding that, uh, first of all, our, uh, email communication with potential customers should be quite formal, uh, but not too stuffy, mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, many translators think that English, in which we communicate with most of our customers, is quite flexible. And yeah. they, just um, think that it is quite good to add some lazy typo, uh, some, um, for example, uh, to shorten the word thanks, yes, and uh, to um, just even to add smiles to their, <laughs> mm, yes, mm. to their emails. I have seen such uh, cases too. So mm. uh, I think that we should observe certain level of formality to win certain projects. Uh, even from the very beginning, when we start our email, not just Dear John, not by first name, but Dear Mr. Smith, because we do not know the person yet. Of course, mm. uh, it should be taken for granted that we should uh, find out the name of the person we are going to contact. But mm. uh, it is also important to observe the level of formality and uh, contact them in the right way. For example, dear Ms. Smith or dear Mr. Smith, um, mm. then uh, our email will sound more formal. Mm -hmm. so, um, so this is one of the tips I would use from mm -hmm. the very beginning. Okay, and so let's move over to cover letters. Most cover letters are written just by email these days. What is it important to include in a cover letter? So, uh, yes, uh, today we live in the age of digital work hunting and it is natural that we contact most of our potential clients by email instead of uh, contacting them by, uh, them by phone or uh, attending some live meetings with them. So, um, first of all, I think uh, that um, cover letters should be individual for every customer. I think this is mm -hmm. a great mistake when um, translators use one and the same template for every customer they contact. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, I know that we all focus on our main uh, area, on our specialization, but... Um, even in this case, we work with different categories of clients. For example, one translator may work with translation agencies and direct clients at once, yes, at the same time. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so we we should differentiate our cover letters for direct clients and translation agencies first of all, and even differentiate cover letters for each category of direct clients, for example, because uh, even a legal translator may work with corporate legal departments. Yes, for example, and with um, individual law firms. Uh, mm -hmm. and other categories of clients. So for each client, I would uh, recommend to write um, a specific cover letter and no, not even make any templates. So from my experience, I can say that I never made any massive email campaigns. It is better and it works much better for me if I write three, five or seven personalized emails per day to potential direct clients instead mm -hmm. of uh, sending several hundreds, but uh, one and the same letter to uh, just to, uh, several hundreds of companies. So this doesn't work for me. And I know mm -hmm. that um, currently... Uh, I, I think you have noticed as well when you um, receive some emails from people you don't know who promote something, you delete it, you delete them automatically. So this mm -hmm. happens in our case too. But even if we individualize this, the cover letter, then what do you have any uh, suggestions on what on, of the content? I mean, we should probably write that our language combination. Yes. Right, and what we can offer and how we can help the client, right? Yes, yes. Uh, some uh, more specific tips, I would, um, so I would suggest the following. First of all, in your cover letter, you should include the information uh, which would link your skills and experience to the needs of the company. Each company and each client has its specific needs uh, concerning translation. And mm -hmm. if you have, for example, a job post to which you're applying, uh, if you know that a trans uh, this client is already looking for translation services, this is a great mm -hmm. opportunity, yes, to link your skills so you see uh, what they need. So in the cover letter, try to show uh, by their words, which they included in their job post, that you understand their requirements, that you understand what they are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and include only the most relevant facts about yourself, uh, which correspond directly to the needs of this company. Besides, mm -hmm. uh, try to add personality to your application because this uh, this is a chance to stand out from the crowd. Um, what I mean by personality, by adding personality, I know this uh, this is quite common for translators to include um, quite um, just too many facts about themselves uh -huh. in the cover letter. They even try to include the whole CV in the cover yeah. letter. But uh -huh. um, uh, by adding personality, this is choosing the key facts which would be relevant for this particular customer would add, um, would show your expertise, I think, and uh, will show to the customer that you stick to the point and you understand their requirements. And so this will really work. Yes. Okay. What uh, do you have any tips on what we should not include? You already said that we shouldn't include too many facts about us and just talk about us. Do you have any other tips yes, of what sure. not to include? Yes. As you uh, mentioned in the very beginning, 
avoid uh, using dear sir madam uh, this mm-hmm. is, will not work i also receive uh, some letters uh, emails from other translators and i delete such letters too so mm-hmm. this is really so besides i think this is um this is not very good to write emails without clear endings when you do not know uh when the client will not know what to do after reading your email. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that translators like adding some vague phrases in the end. For example, thank you for your time. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, so this is quite vague and um, will not um, will not mean anything to the client. So I mm-hmm. suggest ending very uh, catchy calls to action. So how we can mm. make it, um, for example, uh, using imperative verbs, you can ask for some action. For example, mm. uh, please ask, um, order a free quote of a translation or um, please uh, order uh, a sample, a free sample translation which will be de- delivered to you the same day. So uh, mm. Mm. underlining some specific information, not just big facts, but... Uh, to show that you are time sensitive, that you can deliver it within several hours. So customers and uh, people in general like reading about um, facts, not just some vague ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you asked us to add personality. How can we show our expertise uh, and at the same time show personality? Can you give us some examples? Yes, sure. So, uh, for example, if you are an IT translator and uh, you see some um, job post concerning translation of mobile applications, so mm-hmm. how can you show your expertise? Because, uh, for example, being an IT translator, you have dealt a lot with um, with different kinds of IT documents with. Um, user guides and so on and you also worked with mobile applications so uh, to show your expertise i would suggest mm. adding only the most relevant facts concerning uh, this sphere of your work just uh, ignore everything concerning other it documents and concentrate only on mobile applications so for example mm. And in this way, you will show your expertise and uh, personal approach. For example, if you see a job post on mobile applications, just underline, for example, uh, by adding bullet points that uh, you have already translated descriptions of several hundred mobile applications. Yes. Uh, Underline that uh, you have worked um, with some brands uh, which are known by everyone. For example, I have translated for App Store and Play Market. So just try to use some uh, brands and some other names which are known by Mm. everyone. So Mm. this is also a good way to show your expertise, I think, in the cover letter when when you are quite limited in space and time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's hard to be very brief uh, when we talk about our expertise and make it personal or show our personality, right? Yes, yes. And length is uh, even a separate question, I think. I know that um, some translators 
write two long cover letters without clear structure. This is very, these letters are very difficult to read through. And uh, today we live uh, in the age of scanning people who just not read us but scan um, mm. letters and not only letters but all information they encounter every day because we're too limited in time so this is a good idea to write uh, to include paragraphs consisting of uh, one or two lines no more than four lines because it is more difficult to uh, understand them then mm. highlight some key uh, facts and uh, most important information in bold, for example, um, or underline it so that um, the eye catches the key facts at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is also a good idea to add bullet points to the cover letter, not only to the CV. Um, I know that many people, many freelancers forget about uh, this, forget about making good structure of their letters. Mm. But this is the first uh, this is the first, um, actually, snapshot <laughs> of yes. writing skills a potential client will see. So this will also mean a lot to them. So to make a good first impression, we should be brief yes. and we should have uh, structure and use bullet points. Yes. And uh, focus on the client. Yes. Correct? Yes. Uh, this is do, do, for do, me, yes. Do you know have do you know of any other mistakes than making it too long and not focusing on the client? Um so yes, of course. Um so as I have already said, uh avoid using templates and mm -hmm. avoid using cut and paste emails. This is also one of the mistakes which uh, most mm. translators still make, and because they probably believe that massive email marketing will work. So um, I have tried it mm. several times, and I know that uh, the results are not as great as when you write an individual uh, cover letter to each customer. Mm. Then, mm. Uh, what other uh, things will help you to make good impression? First of all, um, as I have already said, be quite formal, uh, but at the same time friendly, then uh, you should sound positive, but mm -hmm. not too emotional. This is avoid using smiles and lazy typos, just positive mm -hmm. and friendly. And uh, every email should be action-oriented. This is what I said about uh, adding call to action. Mm. It should sound professional, and you can achieve it by adding clear structure um, so and um, highlighted text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Thank you. So finally, a question I ask everyone. What marketing strategy works well for you right now in your freelance translation business? So um, I have... Cover letters? <laughs> uh, no, no. I would say that today, uh, at this very moment, uh, for the last, I think, three, four months, I have, um, I have been using a strategy of increasing the loyalty of my current clients. Mm -hmm. So I've tried this approach because I see mm -hmm. that it brings even more results than looking for new customers. 
uh, I try to find more information about them. I try to communicate with them more. I even try to uh, arrange some live meetings with them so that to ask several questions, what are their expectations? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a translator of a tra translation services, how I can improve them. And it really works. Um, it really works, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, Customer care and customer yes. loyalty. That's, yes. that's, um, I think I wrote a blog post about it or a podcast episode about the 80-20 marketing. Uh -huh. So 20% so of your clients provide 80% of your income. So it's, it's important to take care of them. Yes. Yes, uh, in the beginning of my translation business, that is two years ago, I tried to use several approaches and email marketing, even cold calling. This is a very, it was a very interesting experience when I made cold mm. calling. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I also uh, developed uh, social networks. I worked hard on LinkedIn. Um, I attended some business meetings uh, in the capital of our mm. country. Mm -hmm. So I even mm -hmm. uh, spend time to go there to just. Uh, Do you live in Moscow? No, no. <laughs> that is why it was. Oh, okay. Do you live far challenge. away? <laughs> yes, quite quite far away uh, to get there. Um, okay. It uh, took me about five six hours to get there and to attend the, the meetings, but it really uh, also helped. But now I decided to focus on increasing the loyalty the loyalty of my current customers because I see uh, that it brings greater results than looking for more uh, new customers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Anastasia. Uh, a lot of good tips uh it's important to be to me cover letters should be brief to the point and focus on the client so that's also what you had said here so we should not forget the importance of the basic tools for marketing uh the cv and the cover letter so i hope you enjoyed this episode thank you again anastasia thank you th very much for the invitation once again and thank you to the listeners. Don't forget to check, check out the show notes and links. Um, I will link to Anastasia's courses on pros.com and to her website. Do you have a website, Anastasia? Yes, yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. So if you can just provide me with the link, I will, yes. I will put that up in the show notes. And there you can also find the summary of this episode. You can also check out other free resources at marketingtipsfortranslators.com that can improve your marketing and business skills. So thank you for listening, and thank you, Anastasia, again. Have a great day. Thank you, Tess. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Translators. Download more episodes from www.marketingtipsfortranslators.com. If you like the show, a review on iTunes would be much appreciated. 